Episode 33, Pete Atherton Actions Proof. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science. It's Nikki, and we're here today to attack a problem, a big people problem. Get this, 37% of adults in the United States stated that their stress levels have increased over the past year, and 13% say it's because they can't unwind at night or on the weekends. 18% say that their management role is their greatest contributor of stress. It's so important to develop systems to maintain our health, especially from our workplace experiences, and we're going to learn some strategies and tactics from both the leader and contributor level today with our guest. Pete Atherton. He's coming right up, but first let's hear from today's Gut Plus Science sponsor. Purplelink's customized HR services will help you make your workspace joy-powered. Whether you're looking for help with recruiting, compliance, or leadership training, they listen to what you need and tailor their solutions to you. Check out purplelinkllc.com. That's purpleinkllc.com to find out how they can help your business. And look for the Joy-Powered Workspace podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, and we're back. Today, we're talking about a term that tends to get thrown around a little too loosely, I think, but it sure is a really big deal, like a really big deal to companies and to the individuals that experience it burnout. Burnout rates are at an all-time high, and there are a lot of things that we can do to take action and change this or help this, especially in our own backyard, our workplace, and with our employees. Uh, Pete Atherton is the founder of Actions Prove, a company dedicated to helping high-performing organizations perform even better for longer. He's also the author of Reversing Burnout, How to Immediately Engage Top Talent and Grow, a blueprint for professionals and business owners. Pete, welcome to the show. We're going to get right to it. Um, these shows always go so fast. So we hear this term burnout and sometimes we use it a little bit too loosely, like Friday afternoon where, you know, we'll just, you know, kind of throw it around the term, but it's really a big deal. Um, Let's start by level setting. What is burnout? Help define that for us. Well, thank you for having me, Nikki. Um, Burnout is a big deal. And uh, what it really is, is losing the love and the efficacy, you know, the feeling um, that what we do for work is not really having an impact or not making a difference anymore, or at least that we're not able to see it. And it's as a result of prolonged work overload. And as a result, we're feeling more isolated and more alone and we have frustrations and it's really just not a fun place to be. Doesn't sound fun at all, especially for people that have absolutely loved their work and then to get to that place. Nothing sounds worse, honestly. So narrow in for just a moment and help summarize what are the symptoms of burnout? So in the context of, you know, we're working in a field or our our job is a situation where, you know, we're feeling, you know, we're super busy, but we're feeling uh, in reality or um, just the fact that our perception is the work is really never stopping every season seems to be a harvest season. You know, we're going quarter to quarter, year to year, project to project. Um, and really what that does is it, it, allow, it, it makes us feel we're overwhelmed. Uh, we're not able to complete our to-do list. We're not even able to think about our should-do list. Uh, we're feeling exhausted mentally, emotionally, and physically. And the next step is, is we're feeling burnt out. 
So I talked in the beginning when I was introducing you, I did some research and I've read your book. It's an awesome book. I highly recommend it. The problem around burnout is big. It's bigger than it's really ever been. Can you kind of level set, lay the land on how common is this problem? It is. It's, it's really common. And over the last few years, as I've been speaking about the subject, you know, how to excel without burnout, you know, as a professional, as an individual and as an organization, you know, initially there was a little bit of a stigma you know, not wanting to admit that someone individually might be feeling it, not wanting to admit that it might be existing in our organization. Um, but more and more people are talking about it. They realize that it's it's not a good situation to be in personally at work, outside of the office, and people want to see real change. And they really want to understand the mechanism of, of what's causing burnout. So Pete, this show, as you know, Gut Plus Science is all about helping leaders work to build those cultures that they've dreamed of and uh, really develop the highest levels of employee engagement uh, that they've ever had. And so we're always learning new ways to, to do those things. So let's talk about how burnout and then engagement, or should we say disengagement intersect. Can you speak to that? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because it's not in a lot of settings it's really not an intersection. It's really it it's a cause and effect relationship. So in the case of a high achiever or a high performer or even a business owner or a principal in a in an organization, there is a high level of engagement. And that is what is causing uh, that high level of engagement plus the work that doesn't stop is what eventually leads to the overwhelm and the overload and the burnout. And so as a result of burnout, there's a, at some point, there's a conscious or unconscious reaction to stop the pain and that's disengagement. And, and so it's a, just a loss of business. It's a loss of productivity. So for a, a high achiever, someone engaged who experiences burnout, all of a sudden there's a loss to the business as the disengagement sets in. If it's the other way, um, if really the, the culture is such or the leadership team or the nature of, of the work is such that it's really not causing engagement, not the conditions for engagement, there's probably not going to be a burnout situation um, as a result of the prolonged work overload because the people might not engage so much to, to do the work. Um, or if they are engaging and if they really don't enjoy it, if there's no engagement, um, they're really not going to stay at it for a long time and the symptoms and the signs of burnout are just going to happen at a, at a more accelerated pace. You talked about the impact to the business. So we have a lot of leaders that listen to the show and we're talking about how this is, this is really a big deal. Can you talk a little bit more about the impact to the business? Like what, what is the bottom line result that um, you've seen burnout? Effect, how is it affecting the business? Well, eventually, I mean, there, there's this burnout if it leads to disengagement. There, there's a burnout disengagement cycle uh, that begins to manifest itself. And it's, it's just disengagement in the production, but there's also uh, you know, an increase in frustrations around work. And you know, that really starts to erode culture. It starts to erode that once you know, prominent engaged person's you know, influence on uh, growth and development of staff it chips away at that. And so it really, it, it hurts from the inside. And a lot of times leaders might not even know it's happening to themselves. Um, and so that burnout disengagement cycle can happen for a while and it's a little bit of a slow fade, but ultimately there could be pivoting away. 
And so talent is leaving the organization either be, because of, you know, th there's, there's issues with the culture that people who are indirectly associated with burnout are pivoting away. But even the people who are, are dealing with the burnout situation themselves are just pivoting away. And, you know, that could be, you know, moving to a competitor, it could be moving out of an industry, it could be retiring early, um, or it could be taking a, a once, you know, prominent career down to the level of a job where it's really just serving a purpose for them. And they're finding, you know, rest and interests and passions in another location. So really, it hurts businesses from an engagement and a cultural perspective, and ultimately from a loss of talent. And so let's take the rest of the show and focus on solutions, especially around building healthy individuals and healthy organizations that don't have or can't even eliminate, you know, the, these burnout situations. But before we do that, I'd love to hear a little bit of insight into your story. Where did, where did burnout come into your life or why is this something that you concentrate on so heavily in your business? Well, burnout was something that I experienced personally. It was ultimately, it was a seven year process for me to understand what was happening and why it was happening and how I could reverse that. And um, it was something that, you know, sort of was, was a little bit annoying, a little bit nerve wracking that, you know, at the, what would have been the peak of my career as a professional civil engineer on the board, major shareholder, why I didn't love my career anymore. And I had all the makings of what would have looked successful. I just didn't love it anymore. And so as I moved into what was next for me, um, I was engaging with a number of, you know, folks that had known me for a while. And um, they, I was talking about, you know, business, you know, corporate social impact as a business growth strategy and, you know, performance-based employee engagement and, you know, really increasing the leadership potential within organizations. And, you know, folks were telling me that, oh, you're just two or three steps ahead of us. You know, we're really feeling burnt out. And how did you reverse your burnout? I mean, those were my words, but they were basically saying, you need to document and what took you seven years, you need to help us do it in seven weeks or seven months um, so that we're able to move on to some of the, the bigger things that we need to do as a leadership team. So that's really how the book started, um, was really good, kind feedback from people who, um, you know, were saying, I want to get to where you want to help lead companies, but we've got a problem with burnout. Very intriguing. And I think, you know, tying in your why to all of this, like really helps all of us really, you know, just see into, you know, the impact of what you're making in an organization because you, you've lived it. So uh, let's, let's talk about from an individual standpoint, what are the keys to staying healthy in our work and staying as far away from burnout as possible? Well, I'd say there's really three things. Um, there's awareness, balance, and knowing our seasons. And from an awareness perspective, we just need to know as high achievers or business owners, high performers, that burnout exists. It's a real thing. And we might not be recognizing it in ourselves and our team. And part of the reason we're not recognizing it is a loss of our emotional intelligence. And you know that's different from our IQ. It's our EQ. And it's just study after study have revealed that as we ascend in our career and as we hold positions high up in our organizations, we lose this emotional intelligence, which is really its self-awareness and ability to manage ourselves, social awareness, and our ability to really build relationships and help manage and empower others. And it's just because our work is so consuming and that we're so busy 
uh, we're focused on the product or we're focused on performance, you know, we are losing that track of ourselves and we're really not able to connect with people. And so just an awareness that on average, it does happen. Statistically, the average person as a C-suite executive has less emotional intelligence than they did when they were, uh, you know, high perform a manager, but that on statistics, on, on average, we're losing it, but the highest performing organizations and the highest performing leaders have high levels of this emotional intelligence. So it's that awareness piece. The next piece is the balance. And it's just understanding that, you know, no matter how much we love our job or no matter how much we're, we feel compelled to work, we're not machines. And at some point, if we don't have balance, we're just not going to perform. And, um, you know, some problem will emerge at some point or a series of problems. The third item is knowing our season. You know, we have distinct seasons as, as a professional, as, a, as, as an employee, you know, different work seasons. We're going to master our craft and we're going to make a name and we'll want, then want to make a difference and then we'll want to leave a legacy. Um, and each season is going to have different interests and passions and goals associated with them. And in our, in our life, we're going to have different sort of, you know, me season. And then we might have a family season and then we're going to shift into empty nesting. And so all of our seasons have an impact sometimes you know they complement each other and sometimes they conflict so it's really understanding our seasons and how work inter interfaces with those is is a key aspect to staying healthy and staying away from burnout pete let's go down this path of emotional intelligence just a little bit i know it's been a hot topic for a while now but i'm curious from your perspective how important is this for us as individuals and organizations to spend time on this uh developing our emotional intelligence well, I think the more self-aware we are as leaders, the better we're going to be. We're, we're going to understand you know, our emotions a little bit better, how we react to situations, and then we're going to be in a much better position to lead and encourage and empower others. And so that's all going to come from spending time and understanding ourselves, what we need and what we want. And then you know, once we're in that position, you know, our ability to really connect with people, understand where they are, meet them where they are, and help them move to the next level, not just professionally or on the job, but personally, because it's all related. So it's just, it's, it's such a major difference with working with someone who understands themselves and understands people versus somebody uh, or a team that's just focused on the product or focused on the job. They're just not going to get the engagement. They're not going to get the relationship or the loyalty or the long-term performance. So for someone that's listening today and they've, they're, they're realizing that they experience some of these symptoms. Like I used to really love my work and now I'm just frustrated and, you know, my energy is really low. These things that some of these things that you're saying, what do you recommend? Like, where do you intersect or interject, you know, a, a, a way of breaking the pattern and to get back on track? If the responsibility is ours. And so we just need to take action. I mean, if we're aware that something's happening, we have that discontent. And, and discontent is a good thing because it's telling us something's out of balance, something's not right. We want something different, even if we're not at that moment able to articulate it or fully understand it. So if we're feeling that, we need to take action. We need to, to, to value ourselves and value our time. And just understand too that you know if, if we're feeling burnt out and it's because of prolonged work overload, we're probably not our best selves at work. So we're really not the leader. We're not the performer that we could be because we're feeling burnt out at the office. And we're not the person that we could be outside of the office either. And in some contexts, we might be actually 
hurting, doing more harm to the people who we're really trying to protect by working so hard and provide for. So we talked a lot about being aware and that being the first step in all of this. And so that maybe as an individual going and talking to somebody else in your organization and sharing how you're doing and just starting that conversation, taking that onus on you. But as far as an individual, do you have any tips around like when you were talking about balance, taking breaks, um, you know, around like PTO time and things like what would you recommend about keeping that balance away from work versus working? Thoughts on that? So I think as an individual, we, you know, it gets into the self-awareness. We, we need to know, you know, how much we can take. And, you know, some people are going to have higher thresholds than others. And some people just might have something going on on a personal level. There could be an illness with someone in the family or there could be a situation where, you know, they're going to have to take more time off to deal with some other things. But if there aren't those sort of intervening factors, if it's just work, I mean, some people might be fine with, you know what, just one clear day on a weekend that I'm okay. Um, some people might need to take the whole weekend off. Some people could be, you know, I'm going to work as much as I can, but I just need to take my vacation time. Um, so it's going to depend on the person. It's going to depend on their context. Some organizations are, you know, wanting people to take their time off and really, you know, saying, you know, it's good for us and good for you if you do that. Some high performing organizations or, you know, highly intensive fields are designing sabbatical programs so that, you know, it's very intense. I mean, this is, you know, around the clock, you know, responsibilities and, you know, the, the client demands. Um, but I know every five years, every seven years, I get three months off, four months off to really reconnect and do a lot of things I might be missing out on. So it's organizations understanding their context. It's people understanding. In addition to what an organization might provide, though, you know, valuing ourselves and valuing our time is important in that, you know, not just the personal time off, but, you know, another form of PTO, which is a daily personal time out, is very important for people. And you know, really what that is, is it's creating some margin in our day. It's a quiet time and space could be 15 minutes. It could be 30 minutes, could be 60 minutes a day. And maybe not every day, maybe it's just five days a week, but it's a time where, you know, we're not checking email. Our phone is away. We might be just contemplating, uh, decompressing about the day, or we might be journaling. We might be just giving gratitude about, you know, this and that, or, or making plans for the weekend and just, just things that keep us grounded. You know, some of the folks I work with have a more sophisticated list. I mean, they have, you know, they've, over time, they've developed a to be list. And so it's not just a work to do list. It's a, it's a sort of a six part list of, you know, I've got my, you know, I want to be this for my family. I want to be this for my friends. I want to be this in terms of work in my personal career. I want to be this in terms of my team growth and team development at work. I want to have this type of personal growth and I want to have this type of community connection. And they just always going through, um, you know, where am I? Where do I want to be? What can I do this week or next week to get me to where I want to be on any of these fronts of my life? So, but it's taking that time so that a month doesn't go by, a year doesn't go by. And boy, I've, I've lost touch of the things that are most important to me. 
I love that, especially the personal timeout. That's that's something new that I haven't heard. And I think for leaders, it's our job to make sure that we're holding our people accountable to getting that right mix of what it is that they need, whether it's the sabbatical time, the PTO time, and actually taking it, or just you know really recommending that weekly or daily personal timeout and teaching that to our people. So this is a great segue to now talk about for the leaders. You know, this show is all about employee engagement, and I'd love to know from you. You know, what are the predictive indicators? that we as leaders should be looking for to keep a pulse on potential burnout in the workplace? And then if we're seeing that, how do we intervene on these symptoms? Right. So, I mean, again, if our leadership team is available, aware to notice, (laughs) and they they care enough to act, I mean, that's sort of the, the prerequisite. Because there are some signs. I mean, there are, you know, it's, is, is staff, you know, present? I mean, are, are they just kind of going through the motions? Are they there? You know, um, are they engaged the way they used to be? Um, do they have an attitude that's positive that they've always had? Or is their attitude shifting a little bit? Is their performance trying to, is shifting a little bit? Are, are they their normal self? So really it, an in-tune supervisor, an in-tune leader can notice some changes um, as it relates um, to those individuals. And that's usually a sign that, you know, again, they might not be recognizing it. It's that it could be an unconscious disengagement. And then sometimes they're a little bit more irritable and seem a little, you know, high strung. And so it's really, it, it's, it's a leader being in tune, you know, with their people and, and understanding um, as far as some of those indicators. So Pete, you work with a lot of organizations. What would you say are the what are the healthy organizations with little burnout or the littlest burnout that you see doing differently? So it's really, um, there's organizations who are, you know, there's in order to, I mean, the marketplace is tough and, you know, fees are lower in some organizations The you know, competition's harder, procurement's harder in order to maintain levels of profit. You know, there's a lot more of a, of a push on management, you know, more, you know, project management training and product management training and financial management training, but that's being enhanced with people training you know, really trying to understand people and to engage people and, um, and understand some of the signs and build those relationships, just not just around the work, but around the person. And, uh, and the fact that most people today up and down the organization chart want to win at work and they want to win at life. And so it's really, it's people training in amongst the sort of management training. And it's also mission training. It's, you know, people want to be part of something bigger. Uh, people want to have an impact and, you know, understanding, you know, managers and the busyness of our work, um, instead of just focusing on the end product, it's this is how this is playing out for our customers this is the impact this has on society. So be able to sort of understand mission in that and sort of, you know, distill that as we're engaging our people in doing our work um, is really the biggest investment. And in that, you know, with that investment, with that caring, with that, you know, relationship, comes, you know, there's better performance goals and personal goals and the balancing of all of that. People feel engaged and more loyal. Wonderful. Pete, thank you. Such a helpful episode to keep all of us healthy in our career. We all want to love what we do and we want to stay there when we find that. So, so helpful. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor message today and we'll come right back. We want to learn a little bit about you on what we call the lightning round of Gut Plus Science. We'll be right back. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. 
Titus Talent Strategies serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. All right. And we're back on Gut Plus Science. This is what we call the lightning round. And we're here with Pete to share with us a couple things just to gain a little insight on you, Pete, and uh, learn a little bit more about you. So just really short answers to these questions. But um, number one, what's your favorite book or one that you would recommend to our listeners today? So one of my favorite books that helped me when I was going through my transition and going through burnout was a book called Halftime by Bob Buford. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? So these days, um, you know, there's a there's an intersection between work and hobby, and I am just so enjoying being an entrepreneur and uh, all that is involved with learning how to do content marketing and co- coach and consult, and and so that's my hobby these days. Awesome, congratulations! And so, Pete, how can our listeners connect with you after the show? So I have a lot of information on my website, um, actionsprove.com. So actions with an S proof, P-R-O-V-E. And um, there's actually, you can download the, the most important chapters, first couple chapters of my book for free and listen to uh, audio version, parts of that book for free. Email is Pete, P-E-T-E at actionsproof.com. And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, Peter Atherton. Hey, Pete, thanks again for the insight on burnout and how to help it. Here are the keys that I took away for staying engaged and not burning out, whether you're a leader or an individual contributor or both. Great key takeaways. So I hope you can take at least one of these things back to help yourself or help others in your workplace. Truth you can act on. Number one, be aware. Self-awareness is so key. This is the foundation of emotional intelligence. So individuals focus on learning and getting better at awareness. And leaders bring teaching to the table to foster this ability to be more self-aware. I can't recommend emotional intelligence training enough. It's awesome. Number two, balance. Take the right amount of time to take off work. Make sure you're taking time off work, your PTO time. Think about sabbaticals just to rest and recharge. And I love that personal timeout that we talked about today, which is something that we can be doing daily or weekly to really build in just personal breaks just for a couple of minutes to really regain and refresh. And number three, understand and know your season. So build in the time needed to refresh and maintain self-care, knowing and anticipating those busy seasons that come with our work life. So that's today on Gut Plus Science. We'll see you guys next week. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.